This evening we'll read from Srimad Bhagavad Gita as it is, translation and commentary by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, chapter 8, verse 20. Parastasmatu bhava nyo vyakto vyaktat sanatanaha yasa sarveshu bhuteshu vinashu navinashati nashatsu navinashati. Yet there is another unmanifest nature which is eternal and is transcendental to this manifested and unmanifested matter. It is supreme and it is never annihilated. When all in, all in this world is annihilated, that part remains as it is. Purport. Krishna's superior spiritual energy is transcendental and eternal. It is beyond all the changes of material nature, which is manifested and annihilated during the days and nights of Brahma. Krishna's superior energy is completely opposite in quality to material nature, superior and inferior nature explained in the seventh chapter. This lecture is titled An Invitation to the Spiritual World. The whole Bhagavad Gita is an invitation to the spiritual world. All the Vedic literature is an invitation to the spiritual world. And the whole purpose of this Krishna conscious movement is to extend an invitation to one and all to the spiritual world. The uh, Bhagavad Gita Lord Krishna points out that this material world is not a very nice place. And the spiritual world is a very nice place. Unfortunately, people tend not to take this very seriously. People think, well, I'm content. I have my home, I have my family, and everything is not perfect, but it's more or less okay. That's what everyone in the material world thinks. There are also certain worms that live in stool and they also think the same. They think this stool is very nice. So we are in a uh, foolish position. We are thinking our position is nice, but it is not at all. We are all subject to death very soon. So while inviting you to the spiritual world, I'd just like to remind you that you're all going to die soon. And I think, well, that's not a very nice thing to say. It's true that it's not nice. But it's true that it's true. So actually it's nice to remind us all, because we're all attached to the illusion that everything here is very good, and we're all going to die very soon. So many people come and tell me, oh, I have this problem and that problem. But they don't know what their real problem is. The real problem is that we don't know what our real problem is. We are all suffering in this material world, repeated birth, death, old age and disease. And some of you will nod your heads and say, yes, the Swami is speaking the correct Hindu philosophy. This is not a Hindu philosophy, it's a fact. We are all suffering in this material world repeatedly. So in the verse we just read, Lord Krishna states that beyond this material world in which everything comes into being and is destroyed again and again and again, there is a spiritual world. That is described in the 
Brahmasamhita. Chintamani Pragara Sadmasu Kalpa Viksha Lakshavritesha Suratira Viparayantam Lakshmi Sahasra Shabra Samrama Sevyamanam Govindavadi Purusham Tamaham Bajame. Lord Brahma worships Krishna, Govinda, who is the original person. He describes the spiritual world which is the abode of Krishna, that is called Goloka. There, everything is made of a special kind of stone that uh, fulfills all desires. And the trees also fulfill all desires. But people don't have mundane desires. You may think, well, that's good, I can go to the tree and then uh, the tree will give me as much gold as I want and then I can have a lot of ice cream and everything will be nice. But the spiritual world is characterized by pure consciousness. People are not uh, interested in such petty things as accumulating uh, material goods. But their desire is only to serve Krishna. And they're fully happy in serving Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Here in this material world, we cannot imagine this. We're so far away from our actually natural position of serving Krishna that to us the spiritual world sounds like a fairy story. There in the spiritual world there are unlimited Lakshmis or gopis who serve Krishna. Everything there is blissful. No one there talks. So what do they all do? They're all just meditating or what? They're all observing Mona Vrata. No, but the, the thing is that everyone's so happy that their talking is singing. Katha Ganam, talking is singing. And no one there walks. So what do they do? Everyone goes by train or they have a chauffeur-driven car or what is that? No, there is walking, but the walking, everyone is so happy that they dance instead of walking. There is such a place that is described in the Vedic literature, that is reality. In this material world, there is just depression and frustration, and then exhaustion. On Sundays, most of you have a free day. But the uh, sound system men, for them it's a working day. When do they have a holiday? When do they have a holiday? Not fixed. For him it's uh, hard grind. I don't know how to say that in Canada. That's up to you. Hard work, rumba, what is it, tumba kashtam So, uh, in the present age, especially in Kali Yoga, people are suffering from so much stress. When I was a child in England, I was told that within 20 or 30 years, you see we're making so much technological progress that within 20 or 30 years, Human beings won't have to work because everything will be done by machine. And due to scientific progress, everyone will just be free all day. They can go, they can stroll in the park or they can do whatever they like. They can be free. Is it true? People have more work and more stress than ever before. In the name of uh, progress and improvement, people are living with more and more and more stress. 
Mangalore used to be a very peaceful place, isn't it? I, I don't have any of you from Mangalore because so many people have moved into the city. Life was kind of relaxed, not anymore. Now it's a modern, progressive city with all the advantages of modern life. With all the advantages of all the conveniences, suvida or whatever, such as pollution, traffic jams, anxiety. Well, in the spiritual world there's no traffic jams. There's only bliss. And there's no birth and death. So this is the invitation to come to the spiritual world and live with Krishna eternally. We have faith in this because it's told to us by the great Acharyas who themselves are clearly spiritually advanced persons. One of the greatest persons in history is from this area. Far greater than Einstein or Gandhi. Gandhi means there are so many Gandhis. Indira Gandhi. Then Mohandas, Karamchand Gandhi, Indira Gandhi, Rajiv Gandhi, Sanjay Gandhi, Sonia Gandhi, so many Gandhis. But someone much greater than all of them appeared here in this area, Tulu Nadu. That personage is Sripad Madhvacharya, who by his uh, spiritual prowess showed the way to the spiritual world. And it, very, very great person also appeared in uh, this area. And he's still here. His name is Krishna. He came to Udupi and he's still there. And people are going to worship him. There are statues of Mahatma Gandhi all over India and the crows come and pass stool on them. And once a year they clean it up. They have a Gandhi Jayanti and then they forget about it for the next 364 days. Okay. So that's, you see, people praise various people, but all these people will be forgotten in due course of time. In due course of time, no one will even have heard the name of Mahatma Gandhi. But when all this universe has passed away and a new universe is created, at that time still Krishna will be worshipped. Because Krishna is always the Supreme Personality of God. Kingdoms come and go, politicians come and go. But Krishna is always Supreme. And Krishna calls us to the spiritual world. Krishna personally came to this area and still many people come to have darshan of Krishna. But if we actually want to join Krishna in the spiritual world, we will have to follow the process of bhakti. So many people, they go for darshan of Krishna in Udupi. And that is good, but they don't really understand who is Krishna or why they are going there. If we really want to understand Krishna, then we have to understand him as he presents himself in Bhagavad Gita. And that understanding of Bhagavad Gita, who is Krishna, that is given by great acharyas like Sri Madhvacharya. And uh, that's why we say that Madhvacharya is much greater than Einstein. Einstein was a great scientist, no doubt. But his concentration was on this, trying to understand this material world. So he was very intelligently studying the wrong thing. Whereas Madhvacharya and all the great Acharyas, they point us to the right thing. 
The right thing to understand is that we don't belong in this material world at all. We are spiritual by nature. Basic science is described in Bhagavad Gita and more detailed science is given elsewhere in the Vedic literature. Yes, all, all science is already there in the Vedic literature. Just like, for instance, uh, people, the, the modern astronomers, they make various calculations of the planets. But then an ancient, that Jyotish is an ancient science in the Vedic culture. And they would make calculations, when is the sunrise, when is the sunset, that means they also knew about the movements of the planets. Some time ago the scientists were saying they discovered the new planet Pluto, and this proves that you see we've, the, we've got more knowledge. And then they looked a bit more close and they found that for so many years we were taught in the school that Pluto is a planet. Now they said, no, it's not a planet. It's just a lump of ice and stones, that's all. So they discover something and then they say, whoops, sorry, it's not really true. Okay, now for the real science. And in this way they go on making mistakes again and again. But the, the knowledge in the Vedic literature that is complete and it is perfect. In the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna describes the basic elements of this material world. He describes there are eight basic elements of this material world. Earth, water, fire, air, space, mind, intelligence and false ego. And the Akash, Man So, uh, Lord Krishna describes these as his, this is his energy, but it is his separated energy. And aparayamitasvanyam prakritim vithi me param jiva bhutam mahabaho yayedam jantaryate jagat. But there is another energy which is superior to this, that is the spiritual energy which makes the whole material world go on. So the material scientists they can only analyze the material elements. The spiritual scientists, they give us knowledge of the spiritual existence. Everything material is subject to destruction. How long will this microphone last? How long does one microphone last usually? One year, two years, three years? Maximum three, not three years. I don't think. Two years. And then, throw it away, right? Here's this uh, video camera. What is it? Is it video? Or what? It's not video. Video is out of date. Something. Some kind of system. And then uh, within five years, definitely, whatever system this is, this will also be out of date and you can throw that away also. And you see all these bodies that we have, they'll also, at some point in time, they'll also be thrown onto a fire. These trees will live longer than us if they don't cut, they'll put a six-lane highway through here and cut all the trees down, but if they're allowed to live naturally, the trees will live longer than the bodies we are in. There will come a time when we say that uh, even the country, this whole India, there will come a time when the whole planet will be destroyed. There will be no India, there will be no earth planet, everything will be destroyed. Now the people are fighting uh, India, Pakistan, but these countries won't last. But spirit 
always exists. This body is temporary, but I am eternal. I will never die. This body will certainly die. But I am not the body. I will live eternal. But where will I live? Where will I go next? That depends on the consciousness I cultivate during this life. If we cultivate animal-like consciousness, just thinking in terms of, I am this body, then we have to take birth as an animal. But if we realize that I do not belong to this material world, I belong to Krishna, then we go to Krishna in the spiritual world. So we are not meant for this punarapi jananam, punarapi maranam, punarapi janani jatare shayanam. Again and again getting born, again and again dying, again and again entering the womb of a mother. We are not meant for this. We are meant for living eternally, blissfully in the spiritual world with Krishna. We cannot even imagine how blissful is existence with Krishna. We think that happiness is uh, Sunday morning, or happiness is getting some more money. We have a very meager idea of happiness. But the unlimited bliss of living eternally in the spiritual world, that is what Krishna is inviting us to by speaking Bhagavad Gita. So to go to the spiritual world is also not very difficult. In this human form of life, we simply have to cultivate Krishna consciousness. Of course, the modern age is not very conducive for cultivating spiritual life. But there is one special concession for this Kali Yoga, that is chanting the holy names of Krishna. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Keva Lam, Kalo Nasjeva, 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 Gatiram Yata. In this Kali Yuga, there is no other way, no other way, no other way for spiritual advancement but to chant the names of Krishna, chant the names of Krishna, chant the names of Krishna. There is a very easy process. A very joyful process. We chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This chanting will purify our consciousness and carry us to the spiritual world. This is our invitation extended on behalf of Lord Krishna and all the Acharyas to the spiritual world. Of course, there are more details of the bhakti process. If we're actually going to practice bhakti, then we have to do so in a very uh, pure and serious way. But the basic understanding is very simple. I am not part of this material world. I am fully spiritual by nature. I do not belong to this world of repeated birth and death and suffering. I belong to Krishna. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. Krishna is the all-blissful, all-kind, all-beautiful Supreme Lord. He is Satyam Shivam Sundaram. All truth, all auspiciousness and all beauty. We are all eternal servants of Krishna. Simply we have to accept our position of loving service to Him. And we can live eternally in the blissful, loving dham of Vaikuntha Golok. The process to go there is also very simple by chanting the names of Krishna.
And of course there are other facets to the bhakti yoga process, but the basic process is very simple and very blissful. So, iti or whatever. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. There are questions. Are there any questions? You can please ask. Uh, we have extra mics, so anyone who wants to ask a question can come up and give them a mic. You can just come up to the front here. Or if you're feeling shy, then you can write it down and pass it up. If you prefer, you can write it down. You just put the mic down if anyone wants to come. Sometimes people may feel a little sankocham. No, no, if you put in front of the stage like that. Yeah, just put it there if anyone wants to come. No question means everyone agrees with everything I said. Is that right? Is that right? Now I'm asking a question. Now I'm asking a question. Or maybe you disagree with everything and you think, well, I think too many questions. Oh, this lady has a question. You want to ask something? Yeah, okay. Please give her the microphone. Well, you're lucky. I was talking about this in the class this morning. She wants to know what an Advaita Vadi is. An Advaita Vadi means one who thinks that uh, everything is ultimately all one. That all the varieties that we see are actually false and that God and the jiva are one. In other words, we are all... Nirvaita Vadi means one who thinks that uh, everything is ultimately all one. That all the varieties that we see are actually false and that God and the jiva are one. In other words, we are all God. Madhvacharya specifically opposed this. He was Dvaitavadi, saying that there's two-ness. There is two. You see the picture of Madhvacharya, always like this, showing two. There is Bhagavan and the Jiva, they're not the same. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught Achintya Bheda Bheda Tattva. That in a limited sense, everything is one with God. Because everything comes from Him, so everything belongs to him. So in that sense, nothing is separate from him. And just as Bhagavan is by nature Satchidanandamaya, eternal, full of bliss and knowledge, and so also is the Jiva. But he is unlimitedly great, and the Jiva is infinitesimal. Bhagavan is unlimitedly great, and that means Bhagavan uh, is Ananta Vistrit and the Jiva is infinitesimal, 
Atik Shudra. So Bhagavan is called Vibhu and the Jiva is called Anu. People don't know these terms. Previously uh, in India people knew all these terms. Advaitavadi, Vaitvadi. Nowadays they know all the latest cinema songs and the cricket scores and uh, the name of Obama's pet dog and they don't know who is Krishna. Who knows the name of Obama's pet dog? Presumably he has a dog because most, of them, most Americans have dogs. They're dog lovers. A nation of dog lovers. It's a very important quality of every uh, respectable American citizen that they should have a pet dog. Now we see in India also the people that they have the dogs and the dogs are on a lead and the dog is pulling them here and there. And they're thinking, I'm very respectable because I have a pet dog. Modern India, people think they're very respectable if they have a pet dog and a bottle of whiskey. So we're just trying to remind people that you're supposed to go to Krishna. If you have a pet dog, you're in very serious danger of becoming a dog in your next life. Because of having affection for a dog, you are likely to become a dog in your next life. We have to develop affection for Krishna. And they think, oh my dog, he's very nice, why are you speaking about my dog? So that is the problem. By becoming attached to dogs, we become dogs. So please be careful. Almost everyone is spoiling their human life. The dog you're patting on the head, it might be your grandfather. Because, you know, your grandfather is attached to you, then he dies and he was attached to the dog also. So he becomes a dog in your home. This is the way karma fall works. If we are not belongs to this material world, then why are we here? Yeah, Krishna Puri Sai Jivanadi Bahimukate Mayatari Dayashamsharaduk. We're here because we forgot Krishna. Because we are we are meant to be in the spiritual world, but because we're not inclined to serve Krishna, we are suffering in this material world. You yourself can get the answer. Why are you here? There is a narration in the Puranas about Indra Dev. He uh, made some offense, so for that he had to become a pig on this earth. So he deserved that, but in the meantime there was no Devaraj, there was no king of the gods and they needed him to come back. So the guru of the gods, Brihaspati, formerly you would have said, just said Brihaspati, but nowadays Brihaspati, never heard of him. So uh, he came to Indra and said, what are you doing here? And Indra answered in the same way. He said, well, if I'm, if I'm not supposed to be here, then why am I here? So we think I'm here, that means I'm supposed to be here. So Brihaspi said, well, actually you're supposed to be Indra, why don't you come back? He said, I'm a pig, I'm not going back. I have Mrs. Pig, she loves me very much. And I have uh, Pig Hamdo Hamare Satya Art. We have lots of little pigs and they all love us very much. And I'm a pig, why are you saying I'm Indra? 
And I'm not supposed to be here, then why am I here? I, do, I belong here, the pig said. So in the same way we're thinking, well, I belong here. We don't belong here, we belong to Krishna in the spiritual world. We're here because of our uh, misusing our opportunity to serve Krishna. Yeah, you have a question. Canada. In Hinduism, we have we are worshiping Vishnu, Ishvara, Ganesh, Subramanya, and, and doing different pujas. Whether this belong to one God or this God? Well, for a start, there is no such word as Hinduva anywhere in the Vedic literature. It is said, "Gar se kaho ham Hindu hai." Say it proudly. We are Hindus. But actually, the word Hindu was given by. Um, Muslims when they were invading and there was it was a term of deprecation. It's just like, you know, if someone comes and says uh, tells you you're an idiot. They're insulting you. And then someone asks you, Who are you? and you say, Well, I'm an idiot. And actually you are an idiot because you don't know your real identification. I mean, you can only give the identification which someone else who doesn't like you has given to you. So, we don't, like I say, we don't find anywhere in the Vedas the term Hindu. It's, a, it's not a Sanskrit term. It's not an ancient term. Yeah, so the worship of various devatas is mentioned in Bhagavad Gita. Antavattu palante shantat bhavatyalpa medhasam. Persons who worship various gods, they do so to get temporary gains and therefore they are fools. The word is given alpamethas, which means very little intelligence. So you can say garv sekaho ham hindu hai, but you might as well say garv sekaho ham alpamethas hai, ham murke. So if, if, we, if we say, everyone say, oh Bhagavad Gita is a Hindu shastra. But in Bhagavad Gita, worship of various, all these various devatas is condemned as foolishness. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is clearly established as the Supreme Lord. But the so-called Hindus, they have no idea what is in Bhagavad Gita. So we are trying to preach this message of Bhagavad Gita all over the world. Even sometimes they, they, they teach the children this Gita shlok chanting. They chant all the Sanskrit, they don't have the faintest idea what it means. So the Devatas, they are to be respected. but. Properly respect, to, to, we should properly respect them. They are officers in the government of the universe. They're like uh, mantri, like ministers in the government. Just like you have uh, education minister Saraswati, you see the women, they also have a place. Then we have the uh, water and rain. Minister Indra sends the rain. In the light ministry, Surya Day, and if you have any special problems, you have to go see Ganesh. So, they are various ministers, and they are to be respected. But they are not the Supreme Lord. Krishna is Supreme. It is simply due to ignorance that people consider that all the gods are the same. The thing is that the so-called Hindus, they are going on with their worship, just as a kind of ritual, but they have no knowledge of what they are doing. They don't have any systematic spiritual knowledge. 
But simply by sentiment it cannot last. We should understand with our intelligence what is actual spiritual knowledge, what is actual spiritual life. And because of lack of knowledge of what is in Shastra, there are so many cheaters, so many people come along and they call themselves gurus or they call themselves Bhagavan. People follow them because they have no actual spiritual knowledge. It should be, you see, even the people are asking about Hindutva, but you see the Christians, they study the Bible, and the Muslims, they teach the children, the Quran, but the Hindus, they have no idea what's in Bhagavad Gita. So it should be Sharam Sekho, Ham Hinduha. You have this uh, great culture, but you are neglecting it. So please take this Bhagavad Gita as it is, very seriously. It is not a sectarian religion, Hindu versus Muslim or any such thing. It is actual knowledge of the self, of reality, of truth. Have you found happiness in the method of life you are preaching about? Won't you be more happy if you could get more facilities, like you came in a car instead of walking? Well, actually I did come in a car to this program. But it wasn't that because I was sitting in a car, I was experiencing eruptions of ecstasy. By the grace of Krishna, I'm, I'm uh, traveling all over the world and lecturing on Krishna consciousness in various parts of the world. I have no plan how to make income, but Krishna is providing all facility. But it is not from the facility that we find happiness. It is from chanting Hare Krishna and the endeavor to serve Krishna that we are satisfied. And because people are appreciating that we are giving something substantial, we are not cheating people, therefore they are providing facility for me to go here and there and write books about Krishna consciousness and speak about Krishna consciousness. I'm writing books and selling them at a very reasonable price, but still the income from that and from various donations that I get is enough for me. I could retire and lead a very comfortable life for the rest of my life with the, with the income that I get in one year. But I don't keep any of it or any of the money. Just a little for day-to-day -day expenses. Because uh, my happiness is not from amassing money or facilities, but from serving Krishna. So the money I I use for furthering the preaching of Krishna consciousness. So do we find happiness? Well, I, I would be the greatest hypocrite if I was speaking to you about getting something, a better level of happiness, and I myself am just completely miserable. See, in this Krishna conscious movement we rise early every morning. I was just spending some days in Udupi, so I'd rise early in the morning, I'd see all these apartments, and. The, the sun rises about 6.30 and in maybe a hundred apartment windows I'd see two lights on before 6.30 in the morning. So by 6.30 in the morning I've already been up for over two hours. So who's happy? People they prefer to sleep or the people who prefer to be awake? We're up early and we're chanting Hare Krishna because we feel enthusiasm for Often people ask me, well, how long have you been doing this? So for me now it's 34 years. And then they ask, well, are you happy? Well, if I wasn't happy, then why should I do it? No one's forcing me to get up. If I wanted, I could go 
I could go to the life of I could eat meat and fish and smoke and drink and have girlfriends. I could do all these things. No one's stopping me, but I, I have no taste for these things. I want to chant Hare Krishna because yes, we are happy. This is the happiness of the soul. So uh, either I'm a complete hypocrite or I'm completely insane or I'm actually experiencing a pleasure which is better than that which materialistic people experience. This is not just my claim, but you yourself can intelligently understand this must be true. And you don't have to be a sannyasi to be in Krishna consciousness. I happen to be a sannyasi because I'm preaching Krishna consciousness. But there are many people who are grihastas, they're also in Krishna consciousness. Just like those of you here at the beginning of the program, you saw one devotee, he's singing. So he's also Grihastha and his wife is here with their young child. It's Sankirtan Krishna. Come here, Sankirtan Krishna Prabhu, please. There's so many, he's just one. Prem Bhakti Prabhu is also, but you're like a full-time devotee, so. Just, just, just one second. Yeah, come up. So he's just one of many here. He was working in Muscat, was it? And then, huh? Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah, I saw you in Bahrain. I used to see you in Bahrain. And uh, now he's come back to join his father's family business. And he's married, and I won't call his wife because usually the wives are a little shy. But his wife is there with their child. So, you can be a Grihastra in Krishna Conscious also. Yes, your question please, sir. Hare Krishna. My eagerness question is, in which stage and what made you to enter Krishna life? I mean, Krishna Mahatma, this one. Please enter. Well, I was, yeah, please say the question. Did you say all that which I just said about Sankirtan Krishna in Canada? All right, you did, you said it, Sankshate? Okay, so say it. Please translate this question. Well, I wasn't thinking of actually joining an institution, but I was trying to see what is the purpose of life. Because at school I saw everyone, they just follow the same path and no one's actually happy. It all look pretty dull to me. You go to school, you go to university, you get a job and then, you know, life goes on and then that's it. And I thought there must be more to life than this. So it's a long story but uh, eventually I got one of these books about Krishna and I visited the center of the Krishna conscious movement and I saw that the people were very sincere and very spiritually advanced and had a very sound philosophy. One thing that particularly impressed me was that they were following an ancient tradition. It wasn't something that had been made up recently because I'd seen so many of these so-called spiritual leaders and it's just something that they made up and something new or recent. But the truth is always true. It's not something that someone discovered 
10 years ago or 200 years ago, but it should be eternal. That is Sanatan Dharma. This is the actual term, not Hindu Dharma. So that's 